podcast may cause severe side effects, including but not limited to severe spoiler exposure, millennial opinion insertion, and the perpetual ignorance of common sense. This narrator advises that the listener digest the following as entertainment. The showrunners behind it are neither six-figure filmmakers nor professional critics. They are casually critical. Hello, and welcome to Casually Critical, the podcast show starring two pals who love to talk about storytelling. Be sure to stick around at the end for our feature Itch to Pitch, if we have time, and find out how you can get involved as a part of our podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Carpenter. And I'm James Newton, your co-host. Today we're going to be giving you the 2020 movie forecast. Um, If we had visual representation, we would both be standing in front of a green screen, being blown about by piles of money and Disney logos. Daniel... (laughs) Happy New Year. How are you doing? Doing well, James. Doing well. Uh, We've done 16 episodes so far of our podcast. Can you believe it? Wow. Uh, That's not much of a landmark for the new year, but you know, (laughs) maybe on our 20th episode, we'll do a a little dance. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I know for sure we have over 12 hours of just edited audio recording of us chatting it up about films. So Mm. that's over well over half a day now, folks, of just listening to us talk about movies and and critiquing other people's itch to pitches and celebrating story. So I think while last year was a good kickoff year for us, this year will be the year we truly thrive. But for those of you who are a little unsure of what a 2020 movie forecast is, uh, James and I had an idea of just lining up for you a comprehensive list of all the movies that are scheduled to appear this year and release into theaters nationwide and before they release, giving our preemptive thoughts on them. Whether These are the accurate... big blockbuster movies, by the way. There are going to yes. be other movies that we'll probably see throughout the year that might not be on this list. Yes, And I'm course. not saying, I don't think we're, either, we're also saying that we're going to be watching all of these either. I don't know. No, we're not. Uh, I don't think we have the money. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but we have well over, I'd say, over 20 films on this list. Uh I compiled a list of different blockbuster films, but let me tell you guys right now, this is not a complete list. There are so many more movies. So if one of you guys were to say, hey, what about blah, blah, blah? Well, that was a great idea. We just, uh, you know, <laughs> this is a big list. Mm-hmm. Um, I first, uh, first order of business, though, uh, I was just talking to James about this before we begin recording. But um, regarding Playmobil, the movie, we learned an interesting tidbit of information. Now, if you haven't seen our episode, don't worry. Go watch it. Even if you haven't seen it, uh, watch it. You don't need to see that movie. It was uh, an emotionally draining experience for us. Yeah, just listen. Just listen to our episode about it. It's a hoot and a holler. Yes. Give it a gander. You don't need to watch the movie at all. It's just us kicking it repeatedly in the side (laughs) now as fun as it was to record that episode james the one thing we did bring up was an interesting anecdote about this uh this young woman who was operating the cash register and uh the tickets for us were around 575 five dollars and 75 cents on an opening weekend on saturday night right and if that wasn't depressing enough james aside from us there were only three other people in the theater 
Yeah. And so one one person who wanted to see the movie and then his parents. So really, you had a theater of five people Saturday night. And uh, James and I, we, we, we kind of said, oh, that's a funny thing, like $5 tickets. We were considered ch- children for watching <laughs> the movie. It was a little well, joke. Yes, a little joke. But um, so Forbes magazine released an article talking perhaps about why the Playmobil movie sunk so low at the box office. And let me read to you a bit of that article. It says that um, arguably STX Entertainment knew that Playmobil the movie was a non-starter. They only spent around three million dollars in marketing and almost all of that with in-theater advertisements and they allowed slash encouraged theaters to offer tickets all weekend for five dollars no matter the showtime or the age of the respected moviegoer (laughs) sdx billed it as a kind of test for variable pricing but overall playmobile the movie earned just six hundred and fifty six (laughs) thousand dollars opening weekend and they, it released on over 2,000 screens. It's a wide release, and it didn't even break a million dollars. It barely broke half a million dollars. So, according to Forbes, for any 1,500-plus screen release, this is the fifth lowest opening. And when you adjust for inflation, <laughs> Playmobil sold less tickets than the other lower four. <laughs> uh, yep. So I'm willing to bet that many of you haven't seen Playmobil the movie, <laughs> and I'm None sure a lot have, of you guys statistically, have, statistically, yes. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that, James. Honestly, I I don't really take pride in that. I feel like we've kind of suffered alone on this one. We're in but, the minority, but hey, it was for art. Yeah, that's less money going into STX Entertainment's pockets for a movie that doesn't deserve that privilege. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, for those of you that share our fond hatred for Playmobil the movie, I thought you guys would get a good kick out of that. Or even just those of you that appreciate quality cinema in general, uh, it's nice to know that we can win. We can win some victories. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to feel undisputed in our opinion about something, too. Oh, yes. Uh, Because we talked about this on the episode, James, but... You know, you vote with your wallet. If you buy tickets for a movie, you are saying this movie needs to be made more. But I'm glad, ultimately, that we didn't really affect that. <laughs> yes, yes. But enough <laughs> dirt in so. Playmobil's eye. How about you uh, give us a 3,000-foot view of what exactly we're doing? Yeah, sure. So um, <clears throat> the way we're, it's going to work, because, uh, again, James and I, this is our first time doing this. Um, and we'd love your feedback as to whether or not you'd want to see more speculative videos like this. This one's just going to be for fun. Um, but we are going to classify all these movies first on a, a three-point scale. So um, whether it's going to fail, which means we don't think this movie is going to do well or it doesn't sound like a very good story, um, it's either going to fail or it's going to pass. So if we give it a pass, that means at worst it's going to be incredibly mediocre and forgettable. And at best, it's going to be decent and average. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, you know, this is okay. I'm not, I don't, I'm not angry that this is getting into the cinemas, but also not happy. Mm. It's just kind of in the middle. And then triumph, uh, whether or not we think this movie is going to kick butt. Now, are we um, talking about quality or are we talking box office? That's what I was going to say, James. I think we could clarify that. We can say, um, we could probably use this, uh, we could probably use the same scale for both things. We could say, hey, I think this is going to triumph for the box office, but it's going to fail in terms of story, uh, quality, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those, that's our, that's our scale we're working with here, folks. A fail, a pass, or a triumph. 
Um, and uh, I guess we'll go from there. So we do have a lot to get through. We'll try and keep this short, um, but it'll be interesting to talk about. So All right. without further ado, I think it's time for us to get into the 2020 movie forecast. Yeah. So, James, I think I'll just read you these movies and then we'll discuss them. All Does right. that sound good? Yeah. All right. First on our list, we have the 25th James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Here's the synopsis from IMDb. Bond has left active service. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Slater from the CIA turns up asking to, for help, leading Bond into a trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Now, James, if I remember correctly, you were saying to uh, to me in this uh, in our Playmobil <laughs> episode, actually, <laughs> that uh, sponsor, um, check it out. Yeah, that uh, you just uh, you just you're not a fan of Bond I'm or not. the character Bond. I'm not. Uh, would you mind for folks that perhaps are new to the show or haven't listened to our episode yet, kind of clarifying? Your feelings on Bond, and then your feelings on No Time to Die, yeah. this movie. Coming yeah, out okay. Um, James Bond has always been too competent for me, and he's always been hard to relate to, and he's always been... Uh, I think Debonair is, is probably giving him too much credit. I always thought he was kind of slimy. Yeah. Uh, I don't like how much of a flirt he is. I don't like how many how many relationships he has now with these new ones, these Daniel Craig bond movies, which is who this is going to be the lead in this last, I'm assuming mm-hmm. this is going to be uh, Daniel Craig's last bond movie. Um, it might be since he's out of the service uh, mm-hmm. in quotations. Um, I liked that there was a continuous love interest, at least in two movies that I saw. Uh, there was yeah. a continuous love interest. Um, uh, and these were, these were fan edited James Bond movies, I believe. They were they were like really? fan cuts. So I can't remember if I what I said specifically in the Playmobil review, but I haven't actually seen the real movies. I've just seen fan edits. So from oh, what I understand, um, there's a continuous love interest in the James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig movies. Um, so I wonder if that will resurface or if that plot has been tied up in a loose or tied up in a bow. Um, yeah. But either way, I think it's going to pass in the box office, and I think it's going to pass um, in the story department. How about hmm. you? I think I, I would agree with you. I think pass for both. I don't think I don't see this making a huge amount of money. Yeah. Uh, in recent years, the James Bond movies really haven't, with the exception of Skyfall, which had a lot of hype. And I'm not a James Bond expert, so I can't say for sure what exactly caused that influx of interest in this character. But yeah. Skyfall worked. Uh, Skyfall resonated with a lot of people. Huh. It did better than usual at the box. Um, I just saw the trailer um, for this movie, and I gotta say, nothing really grabs me. Okay. It's just Bond doing Bond stuff. If I were to show you the trailer, you'd say, yep, that's James Bond, mm. and we would just move on. Uh, I don't want to speak for people, but I think a lot of the appeal that this character has is it's really not a character that demands a lot of emotional investment from you. It's just a fun personal watch. That's it's like true. a, it's like a cartoon character almost, you know, they do stuff that you expect them to do. And it's just, it's interesting to see them go on this ride. But in terms of characters, I would agree. He's not, he's too competent. Uh, a lot of the modern films do a job. <clears throat> I don't know if it's decent or horrible. They do a job. They make an effort to, Uh, make him human, more relatable. But I think Bond has a two-part problem. On one hand, you have that he's exceptionally skilled, 
and he has a lot of gadgets that come in right at the right time. And on the other hand, you have a man who's full of mystery. So we don't really know much about this guy, but we know he just kicks a lot of butt. And for me, okay, you can have a guy who kicks a lot of butt, but I want to know more about who he is. Why is he doing this? You know, what are his limitations? If not physical, then what are his emotional limitations? Yeah. Um, if you want a good uh, and succinct uh, spy spy story, uh, check out the Born trilogy. Just watch those. Yeah. That's a character that has a, an end goal that is emotionally powerful and compelling yeah. and personal. Um, he doesn't even know who he is. That's how much of a mystery he is at right. first. Right. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so that would be my recommendation. I know that there's a lot of people that are probably 10 to 20 years older than me that really love James Bond. Um, yeah. And that's cool. Uh, I'm just not a part of that generation, I guess. And, sure. uh, you know, more power to you. Go check out no time to die. Let me know how it goes. I don't know if I'm going to be there. Yeah. And I think that's a great point to move on to. Uh, so next we have one of probably the most talked about films of 2020 black widow, the MCU's latest installment. And the first one, I believe for phase four, so the, there's really not a synopsis on there. It just says a film about Natasha Romanoff in her quests between the films Civil War and Infinity War. Now, mm. for me, I just saw the trailer too. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just saw the trailer literally before we started recording. Um, I gotta say, I think at a box office it will be. I'm debating if I want to be safe with my predictions or just kind of wild. I think it'll be funner if I'm if it's wild. Go for it. I'll do a wild prediction. I think this will pass story-wise, and I think it will also pass box office-wise. Okay. So um, how was that a wild? What was what was your yeah. safe answer going to be? Uh, my safe answer was going to be it will pass story-wise and be a triumph box office-wise. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say I don't know if people will really gravitate towards this movie. Uh, and I think the, the really terrible biased reason is because I'm not gravitated towards this movie. Mm. Um, I saw the trailer, and i got to say, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, and there's, I think, going to be a lot of fun oh, moments, fun characters. Um, I'm forgetting the guy off the top of my mind. The guy who's Harbor, in Stranger David Things. David Harbour, is that it? Yes, thank you. David Harbour. He plays uh, a character called the Red Guardian, I believe, and there's a lot of people already making memes about how He's a combination of Fat Thor from Endgame and uh, Captain America. But, I mean, he's fun. He seems really fun. David Harbour with a Russian accent. uh, Running around in a red Captain America suit. Yeah, I think there's an appeal to that. Um, And I'll be honest with you, James. Black Widow is not a terrible character, in my opinion. But I don't think she's as quality of a character as a lot of people want her to be. Um, This is her first solo movie, so maybe that will change. <clears throat> but a lot of the the compelling nature people have towards her, uh, the reasons people love her character so much, I just it's hard for me to get behind. Like one big reason people had why she should get her own movie, because this has been hyped for a while, was Age of Ultron. When we learn more about her backstory, the Red Room going through experiments, yeah, the Red Room. Um, and I just never found that interesting. Now, granted, uh, I was not a fan of Age of Ultron in general. Uh, I was disappointed at first with how shallow its story was. And so I feel a lot of her scenes were very thrown in there. Um, but I did like her a lot more in Endgame. I felt she was more human. Um, her strengths really came out when the whole team felt down. She 
kind of took initiative. But yeah. there just hasn't been a lot of her that I have, I guess, liked. And there hasn't been a lot of her I've hated. I just, she's all right. And I honestly, after seeing the trailer, I feel the same about her movie. Mm. So, again, this is all speculation, you guys. This whole episode is meant to be speculative. If her movie comes out and it's a triumph in both areas, then I, I honestly would be fine with that. But, you know, right now... You know, James and I might say some stuff that proves not to be true later on. But James, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. How do okay. you think Black Widow's movie is going to do? Uh, I think. Oh man. See, I don't know the ins and outs of the story, um, so I'll go ahead and tell you, from an unknown standpoint, I will say it's going to. Uh. Hmm. I think it's going to pass in the box office, and I think it's going to be... Oh, who's directing this movie? I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to pass in the in the story department, too, in that case. Yeah. It's, it's just too hard for me to tell. Um, I was really excited about this movie initially because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's going to take down the organization that brought her into existence. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. Uh, you know? Like I said, I really liked the Jason Bourne trilogy, uh, and this sort of was the idealistic um, script that I had in my mind was she was going to, to do that. She was going to go back to Russia and meet up with a couple friends and take this thing down and maybe get some background um, while we're at it. But honestly, yeah. if it's just her quest between Civil War and Infinity War, uh, yeah, that's a pass. It, it'll just do okay. Have you seen the trailer, James? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I kind of got vibes of, like, she is going to take down the organization, but I don't think it was as straightforward as you and I had hoped. Yeah. Because I felt it was going to be very character-driven. Um, I wouldn't have minded more of a Joker-inspired-esque film feel, where yeah. it's more gritty, it's more down-to-earth. But instead, in that last shot, we get her falling from the sky yeah. in the midst of debris, and people are shooting at her, and she's expressionless, and she's just like... She's not T-posing, but she's suit. planking as she's just falling. It's like expressionless planking. And there's music's like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, get hype. She's planking. And for me, I just, you know, I'm not a woman, but so really? I'm not the target demographic. Okay. But I just, I, I wasn't hyped. I was just like, okay, she's, it reminds me of a reverse portrayal of Captain Marvel where she's flying through space shooting things. And everyone's like, oh, man people flying blowing stuff up and now it's all oh, man black widow's emotionlessly planking and she's being shot at yeah i don't know it just didn't grab me as much my and, uh, my hesitancy is not from that last shot um well actually you know in some ways yeah because it it sort of harkens towards the third act giant cgi battle and i'm sick of yeah. those so yeah i mean joker is a really good movie and it did not have a massive act. Yeah. It's climax. And again, this won't spoil anything for those of you who haven't seen Joker, but like a lot of its climax takes place in a small room. That's it. Yep. Uh, it, it, that's it. That's where most of the movie happens. And it's, it's a great movie. You know, you don't need buildings blown up. Yeah. It's just whatever services the plot. Let's move on. Please. Uh, to Mulan. Okay. Uh, this is Disney's recent, uh, live action movie. Now, for those of you out there who are very, particular about word choice yes uh, some of the disney films are not technically live action they are cg but they are animated movies with the purpose of looking photorealistic 
So in this I case, it live is action, live action. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're trying to get at. That's what they're trying to look like. So I am calling them for all intents and purposes, live action, but here's the plot for Mulan. in, in case you didn't know already, What's a Mulan, young Chinese Daniel? maiden, what What's Mulan? Well, actually, here's a fun fact, James. I haven't seen Mulan, the traditional animated oh, film. Oh, man. Movie. It's one of the few Disney films I have yet to see. It's a so, fun time. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Uh, but here's a synopsis. A young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. A live-action feature film based on Disney's Mulan. <laughs> so I saw the trailer for this, not the teaser, because I thought the teaser looked boring, um, but I did see the trailer. Um, I think, James, I'll be honest with you. I haven't heard a lot of hype for this movie. Me neither. Like, I just haven't. In fact, I've heard a lot of people voicing some disagreements. Like, I don't know much about the movie, but I do know she has a sidekick in the film who's a dragon. Mushu. And, uh, yeah, Mushu, right? Yep. And, uh, Eddie Murphy voices him, does he not? Yeah. I've heard he's a great character, and I hear he's very entertaining. He's and fun. given Disney's penchant for enter- entertaining side characters, yeah. I'm not inclined to disagree with that. He's got, like, actual However, story behind him, too. Really? Yeah. He has, like, okay, a motivation. That it's really great. Okay. He's supposed to be, like, well, her spirit guardian. Okay. Uh, but Well, he's not He's not in this movie. Yeah, he's uh, gone. There's no Mushu. And there's no there's music. No Mushu. No music. Well, and from what I've heard, the first Mulan, the original, was not a musical either. It really just had a few songs, but not a lot of music. It was more focused on the story, so to speak. But yeah, there were. I, I there remember were, just the songs that were <clears throat> in it were good. Yeah, but the impression I was getting from the trailer was, I mean, I saw like the first few seconds of it were uh, the father, I believe, was like. We found a suitor, you know, we found a, you know, person for you to get married to. And I just, <sighs> the whole arranged marriage is bad is not a terrible theme, but it's just a tired one, it's, I think. If it's anything like the original movie, then that will not be the focus of the movie. Yeah. So. I hope, I hope, and I haven't seen the movie. I just, you know, it, I've seen that before so many times. Yeah. Of, you know, and there's some people suggesting, like, why not make an arranged marriage that's actually, like, good? Like, they're both cool with it. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not here to say if we should or shouldn't, but uh, Disney, I'm so tired of your remakes. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, it's not that bad. Like, we need to retell the story for the new generation. And let me ask you this. Let's say they were to make a 2D Mulan that was a reboot and a reimagining. Let me let me tell you what I prefer. Would you rather have a gift for Christmas? Um, let's say, okay, let's say the original Disney movie, like Lion King, for example. Let's say that is like a Christmas gift you get. You open it up, and it you love it. You love it so much. I'm lost and already. Then, let's say it gets rebooted. Um, I'm in a tailspin. Just live action. That's like getting the same gift with different wrapping paper. If I took your gift, your toy, and I wrapped it differently, and my I said, not oh, working. I mean, it's the same gift. It's just wrapped differently. That's what I don't like about it. If you like the movie, watch it on Blu-ray or on Disney+. Plus. There is no reason why you need to bring this back in the same way, but with live action. Now, 
I don't want to make this a whole podcast, but there's just so many reasons why people like it or are arguing like, oh, it's fine. It's like, no, I've seen the live action Beauty and the Beast and I have seen the 2D animated Beauty and the Beast. Let me tell you what, the 2D is better. Not only because it's the OG, but also because it's not trying as hard to pander to people. Um, so anyway, before I end it to you, James, uh, I would say Mulan, <clears throat> again, making a risk here, I would say <clears throat> in the box office, it will pass. <clears throat> and in the story department, I will say it will fail. And here's why. Not that it will be a bad story, because again, this story's been done before the exact same way. But I think people might finally succumb to fatigue and just say, I have no reason to see this, or I don't want to see this, or this just did not add anything new to me. Hmm. So, and it might remind people too of what they missed about the original so much. Yeah. So, those are my predictions. What are your thoughts on Mulan? Well, uh, my scoring is exactly the same. Uh, pass hmm. and uh, fail in story for different reasons. Um, they are actually trying more closely to emanate the original, um, the original story of Mulan, which is hmm. a, a Chinese story uh, with this film. Yeah. And uh, I think because of that, it's not going to be a wild success in the box office. People are going to see it. People are going to be like, this is nothing like the original. It's just more boring, which I don't think mm. it will be more boring. I think it'll be more interesting just to a different demographic. Um, that being said, it, it still looks in, in story. It doesn't look like there's much to be desired, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, because the main elements of Disney's Mulan will still be there. Um, trying to keep it Disney enough where the people that like Disney won't be too disappointed. Yeah. But also trying to do new ground. It's going to be too trying serious. To have their cake. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Yep. Mm. Yep. So yeah, I would say, I would say it passes, uh, in the box office and fails in story. Um, so that's me. Okay. And next up we have birds of, birds prey, of prey and the, and the fantabulous emancipation, emancipation of, of one, one Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. Such a pretentious title, first off. I'm just saying, I, oh my goodness. Sorry, here's a synopsis. After splitting with the Joker, thank goodness, Harley <laughs> Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Monto Montoya, excuse me, I always get that mixed up, Montoya, to save a young girl from an evil crime lord, who is confirmed to be Ellen McGregor, who's playing Black Mask, who's a very famous Batman villain. Oh. So, so uh, here's the thing, James. DC is, um, I don't think the Suicide Squad movie in 2016 is going to stay canon because DC is going to do a reboot of that movie uh, directed by James Gunn. And it's going to be called The Suicide Squad. Wait, really? It's gonna yep. <laughs> um, there won't be Will Smith, but Margot Robbie will return as Harley Quinn for that movie. But Jared Leto. Some uh, probably not. But Jared Leto is rumored to appear in Birds of Prey briefly. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you this. In terms of box office, I see this passing, but in the lower part of passing. Like, I think it'll barely get by. I don't think it will be as successful as DC wants it to be. 
in terms of story, <laughs> I think this will fail. Um, I there's I saw the Super Bowl trailer for this, um, and it looked. I literally thought it was a fan-made small-budget short film trailer. Yep. I didn't think this was an actual feature film by DC. And then I saw it and I realized, nope, this is actually the trailer. And I was like, okay, number one, this tells me nothing. Number two, this doesn't get me hyped at all. Number three, why are you even doing this movie? Aside from having your female Avengers Be- Because team. Harley Quinn was the best part of Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn. So we got to bottle it and put it in a movie. Okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you something. Margot Robbie it does a great job at portraying Harley Quinn. I don't have issues with her. She's a very talented actress. Very talented. I just don't... James, it's hard for me to separate my bias of the DCEU's bad movies and my disdain for people loving and worshipping Harley Quinn as a character. Oh? Because I think that goes too far all the time. Suicide Squad portrayed her and the Joker's relationship as this kind of like, you know, he's a, he's a tough guy, that Mr. J, but love really breaks down all the barriers. It's like, no, in the comics and every other medium, you have an awful, toxic relationship. They even, I believe, film scenes showcasing the toxicity of their relationship in the Suicide Squad. But those were um, neutered from the movie. Ugh. And I just see a lot of like younger girls, way too young to be doing this. But they'll be like dressing up as Harley Quinn. They'll be like loving Harley Quinn. Like, oh, she's the best. It's like, well... She's in a very awful relationship. Well, this is her that, emancipation. Yeah, which worries me about number two, an overbearing message um, where it's like, we don't need no man. And I just, I don't know. I Renee Montoya, um, I, I believe she's actually a police officer for Gotham City. She, like, works with Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Um, what's interesting about Renee Montoya and Harley Quinn is both did not come from the comics. They both originated and were pioneered in the show Batman the Animated Series. Oh. And they were loved so much by fans, they became canon in the comics. That's fun. Yeah. So it was interesting to see that show getting some love, but I don't know. We'll see. And then Owen McGregor, I feel bad for him. He's a good actor, but Obi-Wan has become such a meme, and with him reprising the role in Disney Plus's Obi-Wan series, you know, I'm worried for my boy. I, I hope he can I hope he can come out of Shell Little and do a good job in this movie, but Hello I there. hope that yeah. Mr. J <laughs> I know there's gonna be memes. I know for sure. What are your thoughts with this movie, James? Uh I think it's gonna I'm giving the same score again as you. Uh, I want to go first on the next one so that I can... Okay. Yes, so I don't sound like I'm copying you. That's uh, fine. I'm highly insecure, Daniel. Um, <laughs> that's why we're in a recorded media. There, there. Thank you. I felt that pat from from miles and miles away. Um, yeah, pass, box office, fail story. Uh, we're grasping at straws here. We're making a Kronk's new groove. But for DC... Yeah. Oh, people loved Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. Let's do a whole movie about her emancipation and just her being a strong young woman. Let's make a movie only about Drax and his past. That's exactly what they're kind of doing right here. It's like... They need to learn restraint. Take lovable character, make movie equal money? No. James? Wait a minute. 
don't scroll down to the bottom of our list right now, but there is a movie, one of the final movies we're going to discuss that literally embodies that same thing. Oh, I'm so excited. I'll get my barf bag out. Let's let's keep going through these a little faster okay. here. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Synopsis reads, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection with to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Now, I know the trailer just dropped. Unfortunately, I didn't see it. But James, how do you think this movie is going to do? Well, I saw the trailer, and I think it's going okay. to... <laughs> Take a risk, James. Don't play it safe. I think it's going to... I think it's going to pass in the box office, and okay. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be excellent. I think the story is going to be excellent. Really? Yeah, I'll say it. What What was it that grasped you about the trailer, uh, or about just what you know of the movie that let you say that? Uh, the style of it was uh, mm. was different. Um, hmm. It's not trying to encapsulate the original Ghostbusters. Um, now I think it's trying to capture elements of it which is good, uh, yeah. but it's not stealing directly from the tone of the original Ghostbusters, uh, which I think is a good play. Um, That's good. It's, it's got a little bit of a more thriller, horror vibe to it, and there's a small cast, and it's, uh, it just feels, it feels more grounded, feels more spooky. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to like it uh, if I see okay. it. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters fan, though. So, yeah, me neither. Unbiased um, I'm opinion. actually going to say I think this passes in both regards. Uh, now, I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't know the style you're talking about, but it sure as heck makes me want to see it now, see the trailer at least. Um, I was not at all impressed by Sony's uh, attempt to woo us with a female Ghostbusters team for um, 2016. So anyway, that left a stale taste in my mouth. I think Sony's like, well, they don't like females. Well, let's just bring back the original team and nostalgia. But if what you're saying is true, then that piques my interest. So Yeah, it's an entirely yeah. new cast again. So. so going on my gut, I'll say passes on all fronts. Okay. We will see what Sony has to offer us. Moving on, another movie I didn't see the trailer for, but because James told me not to. Don't Wonder see Woman, it. 1984. Guys, guys, if you haven't already, I know it's the new year and it's been like a month well yes a little under a month since the trailer dropped but don't watch the trailer if you don't want major spoilers ah! <laughs> so uh i'm gonna say this movie hmm i'm gonna say this movie will triumph for the box office but pass in terms of story ah um the first wonder woman had a lot of appeal to it but Patty Jenkins directed the first Wonder Woman movie, and if I understand correctly, she's also directing this one. Um, That's cool. She does, Jenkins she does good. a good job. She does a good job being able to direct and control the story. Um, and I, I didn't hate the Wonder Woman movie. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it didn't feel to me like it was trying to emphasize, look at her, she's overcapable. You know, it's like, no, she was While a good... While we're on a streak of talking about female representation in movies, heck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does a good job. Um, and so my worry though, and this has to do more or less with the politics of the DC companies, Warner brothers. Um, but my, my prediction, and this is just my theory, this isn't facts. Okay. So don't speculate. Okay. But, <clears throat> uh, I don't think they expected her movie to make as much money as it did. 
and therefore I know for a fact they didn't meddle with her movie nearly as much as they did their other blockbuster movies they thought would be really good. So my guess is it was good because the Warner Brothers team kind of left it alone. Yeah. Like, well, no one's really going to see this. We're just going to put it out there so that, you know, we can say, hey, we're not sexist. So hopefully they'll leave Um, her alone this time around. That's what I'm hoping for, and that's why I'm worried. If they see this as a lucrative movie opportunity, they may not trust Patty Jenkins. So, Patty, if you're watching this, listening, you're to a this. great, you're a great director. Yep. You don't need no Warner Brothers. Yes. God bless <laughs> you, Patty. God bless you. So let's move on then, shall we? Sonic the Hedgehog. Wait, Daniel. What? Is this just going to be you talking about all the movies? Well, all right. Sounds good. Take it from here, James. Thank you. Wonder Woman, <laughs> 1984. I think it's going to yes. fail in story and pass at the box <laughs> office. Oh, we didn't get your... No! Uh, Daniel... I'm sorry! <laughs> who, who, who am I? What am I to I'm you? I'm sorry. You're not chopped liver, James. You're better. Okay. You're better. Cool. Anyway. Okay, so you think... Sorry. What would you... Fail in story, saying? pass in box office. Okay. The trailer oh, gave no. me nothing to be excited about. Oh, no. Unfortunately. Oh, no. But hey, maybe trailer two, you know, maybe it's dropped already <laughs> by now and... No. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on then okay. to Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, a cop in the rural town of Green Hills will help Sonic escape from the government who is looking to capture him. <laughs> now that's clever. Green Hills. The Green Hill Zone is uh, is a pl- <clears throat> where Sonic is from. Uh, the Green Hill yeah. Zone is a, uh, a location in the Sonic universe. So that's a kind of a clever little play there. Okay, I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about Sonic. I think his devout fans are a very niche group, um, and so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just not. I wasn't super psyched about it. And from what I recall from the first trailer, no one was for his look. He looked awful. Yes. Um, people never neglect your character design team or person because you will fail. You will fail. Um, but yeah, he looked awful. He looked hideous. He looked like a fetus. And now that they've spent Lord knows how many monies on revamping him, he looks good. I like it. It's actually amazing how uh, much more approachable I feel yeah. to his design because it looks like he looks yeah. normally. Not to mention Trailer 2 as a whole. Mm. I just enjoyed Now, more. are you talking... Hold on, James. Are you talking about the first trailer with the new Sonic, or are you talking about the second trailer? First trailer with the new Sonic. Okay, because I believe I saw that too. Okay. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I, I there's just more, more characterizing things. There's more uh, tapping into Sonic's cocky, manic character. Okay. Uh, it's it's pretty fun. Now, James, I would like to know, as someone more well versed clearly in the Sonic universe, what are your thoughts? How do you think this movie is going to do? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know Sonic super well, but I, I obviously know him just a little bit better than you. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it's going to pass on both fronts. I think the story okay. is going to be uh, a little generic, but the characters might be a little bit over, a little, um, what's the opposite of subpar? Just a little bit over par. I don't mm. know how to say okay. that in, in succinct. Enough for you can appreciate them. Yeah, I think the characters will be decent uh and i okay. think that they will carry it through because we got jim carrey um yeah. and we got 
whoever's voicing Sonic is very accurate and very good. And I think his really? character as a whole just got a lot of love. I'm going to say this movie will pass story-wise, but passes in like the lower kind of pass. Um, and then I think this will fail at the box office. Ah, oh, but there's, okay. Yeah. There's so much hype behind me, it now, Daniel, so much attention from the well, first trailer. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of shifting confidence in the movies, the movie coming here. Let me tell you my perspective as a non Sonic fan. I'm not a devout worshiper of the man okay. or rodent uh, creature, alien, whatever he is. Um, I don't like his personality very much. I find his humor doesn't really work for me all the time in the trailer. I find he's very annoying, very, um, I don't need anyone, which makes, at the very end of the trailer, <clears throat> spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen the trailer, I don't know, um, <laughs> I've, I've Rice Krispied, I don't care about you. <laughs> Listen, we've got a so, bumper at the beginning that says spoiler exposure, so. Yeah, what are you doing here? Get yeah, out of here. Yeah, go watch Get the Playmobil out. movie or something. No, that's not even. Just kidding, don't watch even. the Playmobil movie, listen to our review. Yes, um. I, okay, so there's this part in the trailer at the very end where he's like, he's my friend. I would die for my friends, or something like that. And nothing in the trailer or their relationship led me to believe, yeah, wow, they've got a really strong friendship going. It's like, nope. No, he just says it. And the scriptwriter's like, well, if I say it, the people will believe it. It's like, no, show don't tell. Gosh dang it. So if you have to tell me that you guys are friends, it's probably not a good sign. Mm. So that plus Jim Carrey as Eggman, uh, I think he works. But again, I think a lot of these people hit most of their marks, but when they fail or miss a step, it it really shows. And so I'm not I'm not super hyped about the movie, and I probably won't see it in theaters mm. unless I have a bunch of Sonic loving people that just sweep me up. Um, so yeah, that might sound a little harsh, but honestly, I hope to be wrong. I really hope that it turns out to be a better movie. Than yeah, I think, think you're wrong about the trailer because it's literally a minute and 30 seconds of material that they had to shove into. And yeah. the, the writer did not create this trailer, Daniel. Uh, yeah. So that doesn't really mean anything about the movie. Um, we'll see. However, we'll see. However, um, I do agree. If you're not in the Sonic fan base, I don't see why you would be interested in seeing this movie. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to pass in the box office for that reason because of how big of a character Sonic is. He's second only to Mario in the video game world. Okay. So, moving so, on. Oh, and by the way, this is not 2020, but I do want to say Illumination Entertainment is making a Mario movie. Yeah, I heard about that a couple of years ago. I was hoping it wasn't <laughs> still happening. Well, I think it is. Um, but we'll get to Illumination in a little bit. Okay. Let's, um, let's do a speed round, James, of three movies. Uh, three movies that I don't really have much to say on, but okay. we can talk about them. I, I'd rather just do a rapid-fire pass-fail kind of analysis. Can, we, can, we, throw a, can we throw a one-sentence one reason for our pass-fail? Yes. Thank you. Uh, so the three movies are The Eternals, which is an MCU film coming out this year. Um, it's uh, Here's a synopsis. The Saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. So it is being praised as having a diverse cast. Uh, other than that, not much is known about them. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't really know much about them. So that's the Eternals. The second movie is Doolittle, which is a reboot of Dr. Doolittle, starring Robert Downer, Downey Jr. as the titular character. It's called A Physician Discovers That He Can Talk to Animals. 
So that's Doolittle. And the final one is Top Gun Maverick. Doesn't have a plot released at the time, but it is a sequel to Top Gun. Uh, Tom Cruise reprises his role, and from the trailers, it looks like he's going to still do a lot of stunts and a lot of flying around on war jets. Okay. So, to recap, we have The Eternals, Doolittle, and Top Gun Maverick. James, give me your quick gut reactions to all those. Okay. Eternals, double pass. Uh, it's going to be Marvel Formula uh, okay. with cool visuals. Uh, Doolittle, uh, I think it's going to be uh, Pass Triumph. Uh, I think story is going to be great because really? the Dr. Doolittle books is what it's based on. This is not mm. the Eddie Murphy present day Dr. Doolittle. This is based on the books. Uh, okay. And I just, I have a heart for it. I was interested. Um, I think there's going to be some clever pulls from the book in this. And I think there's going to be some cool special effects with all these animals talking. Yeah. Uh, it looks really nice. Um, mm. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> double fail for me. <laughs> I'm just yeah. uh, Tom Cruise. Love you. I'm glad you're not dead yet from doing a crazy stunt. Um, but Top Gun's Top Gun is like 25 years ago now, something like that. Yeah. Um, go retire, please. Um, <laughs> spend the rest of your days at the Scientology Lodge. Um, wow. With your Scientology. Um, this is a roast. No, I'm, I'm, this is how he unwinds. Uh, he simps, sips his Scientology teenies in the Scientology lounge. Go do that. Okay, Take let me let me do my mini reviews now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, Eternals. Um, I'll be with you, James. I think it'll be a double pass for me. Um, <clears throat> I just don't know enough about this movie to get hyped about it. That's the one problem, I think, with characters that are so obscure um doolittle um i'm gonna i'm gonna also uh say the same answers as you i think it will be a pass of the box office and a triumph story wise oh, that makes I could me feel honestly warm. see it i could see it go two different ways i could see it also failing yeah um i could but see go with it, your gut go with your gut you know what gut wise i will say this will fail at the box office but triumph is a story i think doolittle will be a very underrated movie of the year okay um cool. i hope so um, I hope. I well, hope, I I hope it can be. I hope people will want to see it. I hope it's good. But, That's what I'm saying. Not yeah, that I hope that it's yeah. going to tank. Okay, and then Top Gun Maverick, James. I, uh, I've never had a very massive appeal for Top Gun. There's a lot of Tom Cruise movies where I'm just like, yeah, it's good. There's never really a Tom Cruise movie where I'm like, oh man, Tom is so good in that. Uh, yeah. It's like. Jack Reacher is going to be so different from all his other movies where he goes rogue and does flips. <laughs> it's it's a problem, I will say, as an actor, when you have a specific brand, a specific personality, people either like you or not like you. Um, for me, Tom Cruise has never really given me much more than I saw from him. He just, he was similar. Now, there are some movies I like of his, like the only one I can think of is Edge of Tomorrow. Live, I want to see that. It's a good movie, let's, but let's review Tom it, Cruise. Maybe Tom Cruise is serviceable. You know, he's serviceable. He's fine for what you need him to do. He'll be he'll be good at it. You know, might even do a flip or two. But <laughs> so all that just to say, Top Gun Maverick, I think will fail in both ways. Actually, no, I think it will fail at the box office and pass story wise. I think it'll be perfectly mediocre. I think people will try and put effort and time into the story, but it won't be it won't be the best. Um, so next we have um, 
Let's do another rapid fire one. I, I like going through these a little bit faster here. Okay. Um, we have Godzilla versus Kong, which is a crossover between the 2014 Godzilla movie and more recently, I believe it was 2018 or maybe this year. It's called Godzilla King of the Monsters. That was a sequel to 2014 Godzilla. So that Godzilla crossing over with Kong Skull Island from 2016. Here's the synopsis. As the gigantic Kong meets the unstoppable Godzilla, the world watches to see which one of them will become King of the Monsters. And then we have Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is a threequel. It is the second sequel in the classic franchise. Keanu Reeves returns as his titular role. Here's the synopsis. Once told they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California, find themselves as middle-aged dads still trying to crank out a hit song <laughs> and fulfill their destiny. Interesting. And then, finally, we have Fast and Furious 9. There have been hardly any details released about this movie, other than that it is the ninth iteration in the classic franchise. Okay. So, we have Godzilla vs. Kong. Bill and Ted face the music, and Fast and Furious 9. James, your thoughts. All right. Wow. Godzilla vs. Kong, I'm going to say uh, is a pass. Uh, okay. No, I'm sorry. It's going to be a fail in the box office and a pass on the story. Hmm. Um, I think Godzilla and King Kong have had enough screen time within the last decade uh, to where people... Mm, people don't care as much um <laughs> and i fell asleep at the last godzilla movie which was not the one that came out last year but the one that came out a few years ago it's the first time i've ever fallen asleep in a movie really? theater yep oh man yep <laughs> um i have not seen kong skull island heard that one was pretty okay uh it was entertaining i saw peter jackson's king kong which was pretty good uh mm. but yeah that that's just what I'm going to say. I Honestly, folks, I don't have a super strong feeling about any of those opinions. I'm just throwing them out. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, did I skip over anything? No. That's the next one? Okay. Yes. Bill and Ted face the music, I think, is going to... Uh, I think it's going to do really well in the box office, honestly. Um, and I think the story... Ugh, I think it's going to pass. Uh, the concept of it sounds really funny and it sounds like sort of a fun thing uh, you would just throw out there like it, would, it sounds like a good itch to pitch basically Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't know how far they'll go with that um, who knows Fast and Furious 9 I'm going to say uh, I'm just going to say a double fail wow yep really yep what makes you say that? Because the last, what makes me interested is the last few Fast and Furious movies all were major successes yeah. at the box office. So why would this be the one that breaks the streak? Uh, well, Paul, what you call it? See, I don't Walker. know much about it. Paul Walker. Paul Walker died. Yeah. Uh, so that's my one reason, and that's all I know about Fast and Furious. So <laughs> Paul there. Walker carries the franchise. Yep. Yeah, I don't know much about it either. I've seen a sprinkling of the movies. Um. I guess I'll, I'll finish the Fast and Furious 9 thing and then do the other two. Do it. A little out of order. Um, Fast and Furious 9 I see being a major triumph of the box office. And I'll say this. I think it will be a triumph story-wise if you define story as just entertaining. Ah. I so, think it will be... F so it will fail. It will be... 
Well, simplicity does not necessarily equal failure, but I think it will be very it will be a ride. Whether yeah. or not it's a ride you want to get on, that's debatable. Is it going but... to start interesting conversations? Is it going to touch on real life issues? Probably not. Is it going to be emotionally resonant in any way? Yeah. No. No. No, it won't. Uh, so, yeah. So, fail story-wise, but it will be entertaining. Yeah. It will be an entertaining failure. It's just not my kind and of it, movie. Keep going. I do think it will be a triumph for the box office. Moving on. Um, Godzilla versus Kong. I think this will be a pass story-wise, and I think it will be a major triumph box office-wise. Yeah. Just because guys like me... I love seeing big monsters doing big things, like roaring and smashing things and reducing to rubble all of the beautifully constructed CG elements. Mm. Um, Going through I, I a traumatic a divorce. Fun ride. Yes. Now, if they're trying to make the humans just as compelling, guys, just stop. No. I don't care about that rubbish. I don't care if it was the girl who played Eleven or if it was Brian Cranston hot off of Breaking Bad. No. I don't give a rip about those people. Well, I just want Daniel, to see my big monsters. Watch your language. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll tone it down for you kids listening. Thank you. Because um, apparently, you know, we have kids listening to our podcast now. Oh, we do. Um, but, like, I just, I want to see big monsters. I don't know about you guys out there. I just want to see big monster. If big monster goes smash, <laughs> I want to see it happen. It's like, <laughs> it's like, if I see that in the trailer, then I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Here, take my money. Just... I don't. I don't want to hesitate to think about crap like story, emotional resonance. <laughs> I mean, who needs that garbage when you can just have two big guys duking it out in major metropolitan areas? Yeah. So, also bonus points if you destroy either a the Golden Gate Bridge, b the Statue of Liberty, or c another major landmark. Hmm. Because that will just that will just increase my my ravenous appetite. Here's here's what and I think is going to happen. I think King Kong's head is going to get shoved through Mount Rushmore and it's going to take the place of Teddy Roosevelt's and, oh. and it's going to go it's going to be like a little cartoon <laughs> bit. See there you go. See just more reasons to see it honestly. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't <laughs> want to see it. Of course if they can find a way to make it boring, you know, we'll see. I think Kong Skull Island was a great way to add energy and add excitement. Um, cause really all I see the human characters as are just vessels to the carnage, which I delicately, <laughs> deliciously wait for. I'm just, I'm a man of simple taste. Sometimes I was the same way with Pacific Rim. Anyway, let's keep going. Bill and Ted face the music. So I've only seen the first or no, excuse me. I saw the second Bill and Ted first, which is, I think heresy. Cause even I like seeing things in chronological order, but <laughs> Regardless, I'm, I committed the sin, right? I saw the second sequel. I saw the first sequel first. Um, I think Bill and Ted, uh, I don't want them to cash in in nostalgia, but I know they're going to. Yep. I just know it. Um, and especially with Keanu Reeves being the meme that he is, I know that's going to resurge. It's like this might as well be the 2020 meme forecast. Um, <laughs> but Bill and Ted face the music, I would say it's going to... Uh, I could see it going strongly either way. I think, <sighs> gut-wise, I think it will pass story-wise. And I think it will pass box office uh, in the, in this performance. What I'd want it to be, though, what I could see it as, is I could see it triumphing in both ways. If they really add to the ridiculousness. Mm. If they don't let nostalgia carry this movie. If they let the story carry this movie. I could see it being like Guardians of the Galaxy, where it knows it's ridiculous and plays into that. Okay. Where it's like, yeah, we'll just have them be ridiculous. Let's just have them do stupid stuff, but like in the funnest of ways. You know, I I would love to see that. So I think if they embrace 
the story and just embrace the awkward lore, then they could make it happen. Yeah. All right, James, we've done a few rapid-fire ones. Here's an interesting one. I actually was not planning on including this in the list, but the premise, I think, is very interesting. Mm. Here it is. It's called Free Guy. It stars Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. Here's the synopsis. A bank teller discovers he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open-world video game. Have you seen the trailer? No, I haven't. Ah, I saw it yesterday. Yes? Yeah. What do you think? What are your thoughts about this? Um, They're really playing off the Deadpool history with Ryan Reynolds. The tone oh, no. of the, the trailer looks very Deadpool-ish uh, in a okay. lot of ways. Um, is, it enough, is it enough originality to stand on its own, do you think? I think it could. Uh, I think it could. Um, do you want me to go into my full thing about yeah, it? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay. I think it's going to uh, triumph in the box office and pass um, as... Uh, story. Uh, I probably agree with that. Yeah, because it's not a generic video game movie because the trailer sort of hinted he's like awakening sort of like, I can do whatever yeah. I want. This doesn't have to be my routine. <laughs> I'm a free yeah. man. I'm not entirely sure what Taika Waititi's um, role in this is. It was not very clear to me. Maybe I just need to watch the trailer again. But Now I will ask you, direction-wise, does this guy become more of like he just kills a lot of people or decides to be more violent? Or is it really more of a human-driven film or so, character-driven film? Uh, it's, it's definitely more of an action-driven. Uh, so think okay. about, like, basically someone playing Grand Theft Auto V, rolling into a bank and robbing it every single day. That's, like, oh. his daily routine. Oh, man. And then basically he realizes, like, this isn't normal. This isn't what life is supposed to be, and he starts fighting back. Technically it is normal for him. Yeah. So, But... I think I, I imagined in my head when I read the synopsis an existential drama, a very human grounded story uh, set no, in no, a ridiculous no, no. premise. So I think the movie in my head is far better than what this will be. Yeah. Um, I'll say this will pass in both regards. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a it's a solid premise. I just don't know if the story can really deliver as fully. Um, but whenever but it comes I, to I, box office, though, Daniel, you don't hmm. think that like just the thought of a video game movie that is this self-aware starring we'll Ryan Reynolds. Don't you think that's got know. like appeal there? Um, it sounds like a great success or a great flop to me. Um, it really depends on the execution and I haven't seen the trailer yet. So yeah. perhaps the joke is on me. Let's, uh, let's keep going here with a big one. Tenant. This is Christopher Nolan's next film. Okay. He hasn't made one since Dunkirk, I believe, which came out in 2017. This guy, right. and I love this about him. He takes his time with his movies. He doesn't feel the need to rush them out because they were a success. He's like, no, I do me. I'm like, do you, boo-boo. I mean, Chris, you, you've got, you've got the, you're a great man. Here is the synopsis. The plot is currently unknown. The project is described as an action epic revolving around international espionage, time travel, and evolution. <laughs> now, I will say this, James. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Tenet. What? It actually came out. Yes. Uh, the trailer came out alongside It Chapter 2. Can I watch it right now? So, no, unfortunately, Tenet is not out yet as a trailer. easily accessible trailer that I know of, at Dang. least. But um, What did you think uh, of it, to though? My, tell me. I thought it was, you know, it doesn't really tell you much. It's a teaser yeah. for a reason. Um, but it got me hooked. There was, like, this kind of Dark Knight-esque title. The title design is very interesting because Tenet... T-E-N, it looks normal, and then E-T is all backwards, so it looks like a logo you could 
flip upside keep down. Keep rotating. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like dun 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 Christopher Nolan loves his use of um, film. He loves using film still, yeah. even though a lot of people switch to digital. He's one of those those boomers, if you will. That's just like digital bad, film good, digital you know? scary. <laughs> exactly, but uh, yeah. So it, guys. I'm just gonna say right now. I think it will be. I think it will be a pass at the box office, but a triumph story-wise. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, Same. I'll just say it'll be a triumph both ways. Oh, um, I know some of Christopher Nolan's movies make really good money at the box office, like The Dark Knight. Yeah, was one of the first movies to ever pass the one billion dollar mark. Oof. But his original stuff doesn't really get a lot of love. Yeah, like Interstellar, guys, it's a really good movie. So, realistically, I'll say box office it will pass, but story it will triumph. Okay, my man Nolan has not let me down. And so I'm going to say as a loyalist to Chris, yeah, he's he's going to make good stuff. So yeah. what are your thoughts, James? Um, I'm going to say the exact same scoring as you. I think it's going to, well, I'm sorry, your original one. I think it's going to pass at the box office and triumph in story. Um, yeah. Though I want it to triumph at the box office. I'm definitely yeah, going to see too. this one just from the way this sounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> an action <laughs> epic revolving around international espionage, time travel, and evolution. Yes. All of these elements together sound absolutely absurd, but I trust Christopher Nolan so much that I know he could do something amazing with this. And I'm I will so say hyped. His brother does a lot of writing for his movies. Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. I think Jonathan is one of the most underrated writers because all the credit seems to go to Chris. Um, to my knowledge, ah, dang, I really wish I had made sure this was fact. I think Jonathan's writing the story, given the fact that he writes... 100% of Chris's movies, I think it's a safe bet. But I, I do think, yeah, if there's anyone that could pull off something so ridiculously complex and absurd, it has to be the Nolan duo. Yeah. You, you I mean, he did Inception, which was a movie he was trying to pitch for years. Mm-hmm. And he finally got it greenlit only because he said, look, Batman Begins was successful, and I won't do a sequel until I've done this one. They're mm. like, yeah, let's do it. Good call. So I'm like, Chris, Chris. I like it. Here's the thing I will say before we move on. Yeah. I know that Chris's love of film can be confusing at times, you know, but one thing I do love about him as an artist is that he does take his time with these movies. There hasn't been a single Chris Nolan film that I haven't gone. Well, it kind of felt rushed or the story could have been a little bit better. It's like, no, he clearly puts him and Jonathan both put so much thought and effort into these stories that when you see it, you can't ever say, oh, well, this is just kind of, you know, whatever. So There's a cash given, grab. You can't yeah, say that about gi- Nolan film. No. Given Nolan's penchant for deep thought, it'll be interesting to see him in an action context. Yes. Because Inception was more drama than it was action. So being an action junkie, I am excited to see what Nolan can bring to the table. Yeah. Not just in regards to the story, but really just the action. I hope it isn't shaky cam, rapid edits. Yeah. I hope it's well, the good it's, stuff. I, I trust him. I trust his cinematography. Yes. Okay, so we have Tenant. Now we'll continue on. Uh, this might be a faster one, too. The King's Man, which is a prequel to the Kingsman trilogy. I think it's a funny play in words. Here's a synopsis. As a collection of history's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds gather to plot a war to wipe out millions, one man must race against time to stop them. 
Now, I will say, I do feel The Kingsman is uh, a franchise that is very mediocre and very passable that emanated from one movie that was very good and very excellent in many ways. Uh, I, I saw the first Kingsman. Um, I thought the action was amazing. It was a blast to watch. Uh, there were some elements in there I wasn't crazy about, but ultimately the story <laughs> was really compelling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But I will say I saw the second one, and it was mediocre, whatever. I probably wouldn't see it again. Um, but this prequel, I, if nothing else, I'm excited to see what Guy Ritchie has for... Uh, is Guy Ritchie directing this? I don't know. But I'm excited for the action. I hope it's good action. Um, and there is something always compelling about one-man armies. I just... Yeah. Let's hope the character is good. So, I think Kingsman will... You know what? I'm going to say it will... Huh. It's going to pass story-wise and it's going to fail at the box office. Okay. I, I feel that people have lost interest in The Kingsman. Mm. Uh, the sequel did not make a ter- terrible ton of money. I just don't feel this is a movie people want to see. Mm. Uh, and doesn't really have things in it people want to see either. Yeah. Um, that's my prediction. James, what do you think? I think it's going to fail in the box office and triumph in story. Really? Uh, yes. Just because mm. I did not like the main characters of the other two movies. But this seems to be focused on a different character... And I think it'll be more character-driven, which might make it a little bit more interesting in the story department. I feel like the other two movies was sort of just like, okay, these characters, they exist to help the plot along. They weren't super interesting. They have another shot at that. They have a clean slate. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's going to triumph in story because it's going to be more interesting. And I think it's going to – and I am a sucker for some historical fiction. Um, Mm. especially to this capacity, I think it'll be fun. And I think, um, like, like you said, there are some, there's some content in, in the original other Kingsman movies. that's like, uh, I'm not going to double dip and watch this again. Um, (laughs) but uh, I think, I think it'll be more tasteful. It just, that's the vibe I get. Yeah. All right. Next up we have Onward, which is one of Pixar's films. Surprisingly, they are have releasing two films this year, which Woo. could be a good thing or not. The last time they released two films in a single year was, what, The Good Dinosaur and Cars. Toy Story 3? Oh, yeah. Toy no, S- Cars 3. Was it Cars 2? No. Do- Finding um, Dory, right? Finding Dory. And Finding Dory, I think, was good. Yeah. Good Dinosaur, not so much. No. So we'll wait and see as to if Pixar can uphold their reputation with two movies in one year. But here's the synopsis. Set in a suburban fantasy world, two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there is still magic out there. wonder if there will be any racist orcs. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they better take notes. Wouldn't it be a trip if they listened to our podcast? Oh, man. Oh, Shout boy. out to one of our first Itch to Pitch uh, discussions about oh, racist orcs. So fun. So, James, what are your thoughts? Because I've, you know, I've been kind of talking little first parts of these um yeah will this pass will this fail or um, will this triumph i think it's going to triumph in both departments uh yeah. yeah yeah i think it has the potential for a really really excellent story mm. um and if pixar has tells a good story then it it's going to do well at the box office people yeah. trust that brand uh coco mm-hmm. not a compelling you know uh 
nothing really big for the kiddos, nothing really shiny, cool to look yeah. at. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie, don't get me wrong, but that story triumphed, and because of it, people flocked to it and saw it, yes. and it did well. Um, and it, I think Onward's going to do the same thing, only it's even got some appeal on the surface, too. Uh, yeah. They're playing it with a lot of different things here. Um, they're playing with, you know, the suburbia. They're playing with fantasy stuff. Um, it's a road trip movie. It's got Tom yeah. Holland and Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> but there's also one part in the, the second trailer, I believe, uh, the most yeah. recent trailer, that gives me an idea that this is going to be an emotionally powerful film. Mm. Um, and I can't remember you, you were, whenever we saw Playmobil, we saw this trailer. There's yes. one part where whenever they bring the dad's legs back and that's all they get, yeah. he walks over and like touches his foot on Tom Holland's character's oh. foot. Oh yeah. And I just felt the love. I don't know. I was like, <sighs> this has so much potential to be a very lovely movie. So it was so simple. And yet I felt it, even though it was a trailer. Yeah. I, I felt the vibe. And it was literally a pair of pants walking over and yeah. touching another guy's foot with his with his foot. But it was like, it was amazing. oh man, this dad never knew his son. This is oh. so sweet. <laughs> and I feel like I've talked with you about this before, uh, and I'm not going to go too too much longer. But I feel like I've talked with you about this before about how this movie was born. The creator of this film and his brother once found an old tape of his dad of their dad. Who they didn't oh, wow. know and they listened to it and they felt like it was magic they got to hear their dad it was like they were meeting their dad wow and so that sparked this idea uh for this That's movie amazing. and uh, it's, it's so cool. just i've been following it ever since that <laughs> idea has come across so now i will say i i think i agree with you i think this will be a triumph in both areas the one thing i have to add to what you said because yeah. i think everything you said so far i agree with Yeah, i'm sorry i talked is... so much <clears throat> no it's fine um Pixar, especially with Onward and even with Coco, there was a, a phenomenon that I hadn't really experienced before in a very long time. And that was I fell in love with a world. Mm. I wanted to get invested with this world. I wanted to see more and more and more of this world. I haven't felt that in I don't know how long. Mm. But all of these worlds that have come out, whether it be a sequel or an original film, they always feel like carbon copies let's make this like this world to make more money or like star Wars. Let's, let's cash into the nostalgic aspects of this world instead of making our own world within this world, you know? Yeah. Um, or exploring just, or exploring certain parts of the world that haven't quite been looked at yet. Right. Exactly. And they all play it so safe. And I love, I love how Pixar is still making worlds that I want to invest in mm -hmm. and I didn't realize how fatigued I was by all that until I saw the recent trailer for Onward like you were mentioning just learning more about the quirks because originally I was like okay magic meets real life that's kind of been done before yeah but then just seeing where they're taking this I can't freaking wait excuse my language but <laughs> I I am so excited I'm with you um and there will be another fantasy movie we'll be discussing in a little bit that um, is something I'm um, not excited about. But oh. that's a few movies away. Okay. Um, next up, we have... So if you liked Venom from 2018... <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, so Sony wants to make their own Spider-Man shared universe without Spider-Man. And this is the next installment. Uh, rumors have it that Venom 2... 
might actually be coming out uh, this year. It's currently filming at the moment. But uh, Morbius is next in Sony's Marvel films. Uh, here's a synopsis. It's based on the vampire villain from Spider-Man, which everyone knows about. Here is the synopsis. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. James, don't you hate it when that happens? Dang. When you now, take whenever an I was reading this, cure. I thought it said a race blood disease, and I was like, is this, is this a racist <laughs> infection? I'm white. No. 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 I'm cursed. Yeah, um... I don't honestly have much to say about this movie other than I think this will pass. I think this will fail at the box office, and I think it will fail in terms of story. Yep. I wasn't a fan of Venom. I'm not a fan of Sony's efforts to capitalize on Spider-Man without Spider-Man. Not because I hate no Spider-Man, but because I hate cash-in attempts that don't make sense. <laughs> um, so I have nothing more to say. I'm not looking forward to that movie, and I don't want to watch it. Okay. <laughs> For me, what it's do a double think? thumbs down as well. Double fail. No one knows this character. Uh, yeah. And I don't think Sony has the chops to make him appealing. Yep. Yep. The only reason I enjoyed Venom, and whenever I say I enjoyed Venom, that does not mean I want to watch it again. I just thought <laughs> it was kind of fun. Yeah. Even though I've, the story was parasite. Even though the story was cardboard as heck, the character was appealing. But this character, nobody knows. So sorry. Yeah rip next we have scoob which is the scooby-doo remake uh james i know you have a lot to talk about with this but yeah. here's the synopsis scooby and the gang face their most challenging mystery ever a plot to unleash the dog ghost cerberus upon the world as they race to stop this <clears throat> dog apocalypse the gang discovers that scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined huh oh. so what are your thoughts huh I didn't know that either until I just read it out loud. No, Scooby? I just saw the first trailer, which has nothing to do with the dog apocalypse or Scooby having an epic destiny. Uh, that yeah. changes a lot for me, honestly. <laughs> um, I'll still see it. So what it. are your thoughts before and after just this information? Yeah, okay. So seeing the first trailer, I was like, okay, they're, the Warner Brothers 3D style is really invading the Scooby-Doo style, which bothered me a little bit. Because I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan. And there's just some subtle things. It's like, oh, look, you slapped the face of a Storks character on a Scooby-Doo character. Good job. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I'm just very defensive of Scooby-Doo. So I'm just going to be a jerk about this. Um, sure. <laughs> they changed Velma's character some. Uh, I think she's Latina now. Okay. Um, she, she looks different. She looks, um, her skin is definitely darker. I'll say that much. Uh, she's not white. Um, mm. they changed Fred's character. He's a little more polished. Uh, they're, I'm just talking from a design standpoint at this point. Uh, sure. Daphne seems a little bit more bratty. Uh, I'm okay with mm. most of the character changes. Uh, the voice cast is what bothers me, uh, the yeah. most. Um, and like I said, I'm only being critical because I care a lot. Uh, <laughs> but the animation is pretty, uh, and fluid and flowy and fun. And, energetic yes and it's so nice to see these characters that you know in the original show used so much recycled animation that was stiff and not that great uh and it's nice to see them get tons and tons of love in that way with with nice realistic textures and fun facial expressions um yeah. so i'm there 
and I'm going to say with this epic destiny thing, I think it's going to uh, fail in the stories. <laughs> and I think it's uh, going to, ooh, ah, I can't decide if it's going to pass in the box office or not. It'll pass. Okay. I love you, Scooby-Doo. This has no reflection on how I really feel about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I just don't want them to do too much to Scooby, you know? They don't need oh, to yeah. make him into anybody else. He's just a dog. They don't have much to do with Scooby? Sorry. Nice. Nice. That'll be all for me. Uh, Go ahead. I saw a lot of potential in the trailer we saw yeah. um, of an emotional core, uh, especially between Shaggy and Scooby. It seems like a lot of this is an origin story, and that was my impression. Yeah. Kind of a current mystery, also while flashing back to their origin. And there was a lot there that I actually thought they did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but then again, I, <laughs> all I did was copy and paste the synopsis until I read it. I didn't realize, like, oh, Scooby's special now. Um, he already was special, folks. He was so great. <laughs> He's just charming. Okay, James, keep it together. Um, <laughs> I can't. I could see this being really good and also really bad. Yeah. I could see this being a turd in really pretty pla- present wrapping. I could see this as present wrapping that reflects an even better gift. Again, like I said, the trailer was good. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. It was pretty decent. It's good. It's not nothing like Playmobil the movie, that's <laughs> for sure. Um, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if only Marla could see me now. <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, listen to our episode. You got it. I mean, don't give them your money. They don't have much of it anyway, so why bother, right? (laughs) Let them starve. Anyway, I'm delaying the inevitable. Scooby-Doo, I think. I'm going to go on a limb, an optimistic limb, and say, for the sake of your inner child, James. Thank you. I think it will triumph as a story, and I think it will pass in the box office. Thank you, Daniel. That's what I want the movie to be. Yeah. I want it to be that way. I want it, because I can see it, James. Uh Uh-huh. I can see it. Yeah. I can I can see it. Okay. It's there, the potential. Okay. And that's more than I can say for some other movies. So yeah. I'm going to say it could happen. Mm. I'm not saying it will and probably won't. But I can see it too. I just on. don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, of course. I uh, understand defensively. Now let's move on to an even better movie, Jungle Cruise. Ah, I see we've run Dwayne, out of rides. Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Based on Disneyland's theme park ride where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle... jungle Stop! Sorry, it's fun. It's it's not. I have to sync all this up later. And it's a pain in the butt, okay? Keeps it interesting. Keeps you on your toes. Stop. (laughs) The synopsis reads, Based on Disneyland's theme park ride where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles but with a supernatural element. James, I think this is going to fail in both departments. This honestly freaking Jumanji. Like, let's take Dwayne Johnson and, oh, let's put him in a a fun little game thing that, you know, is in the jungle because he's a jungle man now. It's like Disney's trying to cash in on Jumanji almost. (laughs) Okay, and look, the only other time that a Disney theme park ride has been done justice was Pirates of the Caribbean. And that movie Did almost never Caribbean? happened. Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you. Caribbean. Caribbean. 
Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Carabiner. <laughs> Carabiner. I've got nothing more to say. I don't want to see this movie. I think it'll be hot garbage. I'm going to go on a limb and say it will fail story-wise. And knowing Disney, if they really push this, probably pass. But I wanted to fail, so I'll just say fail both times. Okay. James, what do you have to say? I'm going to say double pass uh, because okay. Disney, That's because merciful. star power. Um, mm, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Does that mean that I'm going to be really excited to see it? No. And I'm going to push back a little bit on what you said about Jumanji, just because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I kind Do of it. agree with what you're saying. But um, maybe this concept existed long before Jumanji, these new That's Jumanji true. movies, uh, because they've been making, thinking about making movie ride movies for a long time. Really? Does that okay. mean my butt is in the seat for this? No, I'm not on that Jungle Cruise. I am standing at the fence waving <laughs> goodbye to my wife and three children as they go down the river. Wow, okay. With hippo-infested waters. All right. Moving on. Um, so, James, I, I touched on this earlier, but we, we were listening. Uh, we were talking about um, Onward, fantasy. which is a good fantasy movie. Yeah. This is one that I'm defensive about. Um, like you with Scooby-Doo, except me with this. Kay. Artemis Fowl. Yeah. A long-awaited, and I will repeat myself, a long-awaited <laughs> adaptation of the book series is now coming to theaters. Here's the synopsis. Artemis Fowl II, a young Irish criminal mastermind, kidnaps the fairy leprechaun officer Holly Short for ransom to fund the search for his missing father in order to restore the family fortune. <sighs> okay. This series is really good. Granted, I remember reading it when I was much younger, but I love the fantasy world of Artemis Fowl. It's gritty. In a good way, the characters are great. Um, the fairy world is incredibly conservative, not in the political sense, but in the sense of like we it's not really over the keep top. ourselves. If they're not friendly to outsiders, oh, okay. um, and uh, Artemis Fowl is a really good character because he's brilliant. Butler is also really good. He's his butler, and he kicks a lot of butt. Learn. Anyway, all. <laughs> All that just to say, I think Disney has really um, Disney-fied this. Uh, there's a lot of choices to me. It changes in gender, I think. Changes in things that just don't seem necessary. Um, I don't know. I have seen the trailer. I was not excited. I don't think they captured the tone very well. But then again, like you with Scooby-Doo, James, this is a good book series that I've waited on forever. Because you don't know how long I was on the DMs. and Well, it's not DMs. I was on Google. I was constantly typing in Artemis Fowl movie rumors. And all these crappy fan-made trailer crap on, like, YouTube that would get my false hopes up because they'd look stylized like the trailer. Yeah. And then I'd click on it and be like, oh, it's here! And then, you know, it's just some, like, 200 disliked, zero liked, you know, movie yeah. that a kid made for school. I, You know. So anyway, all that's just to say, I, I think this will fail in terms of story. And I think it will also fail at the box office mm. because the people that have read the books, I don't know if they'll be too happy about these changes. Um, and I just don't think there's a lot of hype for it. Disney's kind of passing this off as, oh, we can be original and experimental. Those are my thoughts, James. What do you think? Have you read the Artemis Fowl books? I have the first Artemis Fowl book sitting on my bookshelf in Illinois, but I've never read Amazing. it. Oh. Okay. Yep. Well, you should. What do you think about this movie? Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a double fail. Um, hmm. 
I think Percy Jackson syndrome is lurking around waiting to pounce on this oh, one yes. where they make changes that are unnecessary and they also try to throw in too many elements of multiple books yes. into the story. And I think they're going to do that oh, with Artist Fall. They're like, well, there's no way of knowing we're going to make a second or a third. So let's just put everything from other books into it. I can smell <sighs> a Percy Jackson syndrome from miles away. And it's you all know what I don't like one. about what you said, James. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, and I mean, this sounds like Disney isn't even confident. They've cast Josh Gad as a character named Mulch Diggums, who's a good character in the book. Yeah, goofy name, of course, but Josh Gad. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Olaf. Yeah. So anyway, Artemis Fowl, probably the next turd slide. Um, turd slide. Anyway, can we do some rapid slides, fire here? Unless if you have any more thoughts. I guess we're going to do a rapid fire on the next uh, four movies that we have here. We have Venom 2. Plot is unknown, but it is currently filming. Tom Hardy is going to return to his role. We have West Side Story, which is directed by Steven Spielberg this time. Uh, here's a synopsis for West Side Story. An adaptation of the 1957 musical, West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds and then next we have uncharted which is a uh, live action movie of the classic video game series it'll be directed by travis knight and it will be starring tom holland as nathan drake and mark Wahlberg as victor sullivan the synopsis reads the story is a prequel to the games starring holland as a younger drake showing us details of how he came to meet and befriend Sully, who's being played by mark Wahlberg. And then finally, on our rapid-fire list here, we have Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, starring James Corden and a bunch of other unfortunate victims to the Hollywood machine. Peter Rabbit 2, I did not give a crap enough to put the synopsis down. (laughs) And then finally on our list, we have Trolls World Tour which is the sequel to the 2016 cash gra- I'm sorry, short film, or short animated feature, <laughs> Trolls. Um, so we have <laughs> Trolls Word- World Tour, excuse me, Trolls World Tour, Venom 2, West Side Story, Uncharted, and Peter Rabbit 2. James, give me your rapid-fire thoughts. Okay. Trolls World Tour, I think, is going to be a pass-fail. Uh, pass in the pass box, the office, box office. office, fail in story. <laughs> Um, okay. because trolls, I don't know, didn't see the first one, don't care to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of being super judgmental here and not reading, judging a book and judging a book by its cover. But that's this whole episode, right? That's this whole episode. Um, We're taking all the covers and yeah, just judging them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's more I could say, but Venom 2, double fail. Bye bye. <laughs> Sorry, Venom yeah. was a fluke. Uh, yeah. West Side Story. I think that's going to be a fail in the box office, and I think that's going to pass in story because of the source mm. material and because of Steven Spielberg. Also, I think culturally relevant, I think if you can appropriately take the story and, I don't know, not pander to modern audiences, but maybe reimagine it for modern audiences, Yeah. especially with race and the discussions right now about it, Yeah. I think it has some potential. But, but are people going to That's care? always a thin line. That's the thing. Yeah, you know, I true. might I might find myself seeing it if I cared for West Side Story, if I knew what it was, but I don't yeah. know enough about it. Sadly, I'm not that cultured enough. Uh, I saw I saw a movie version of it, and I 
also in the same boat. Yeah, so. okay. Uh, Uncharted is going to be a double pass because we got star power, that juicy Nathan Drake, Mark Wahlberg combo. Uh, also video game movie hype. Uh, yeah. I think the the plot will be formulaic. Uh, yeah. Pretty all right. Maybe some cool character or interactions. That would be the one thing I'd look for. Peter That's Rabbit cool. 2, The Runaway. I think it's going to pass at the box office. Fail in story. Because I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, James and I saw the trailer for Peter Rabbit 2, and we were not impressed. And this was also when we were waiting to see the Lego movie, when all the Play commercials Mobile. were happening. So, really, context is something to be desired, but also story. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll just start where you left off. Go ahead. Peter Rabbit 2 is going to fail story-wise, and I want it to fail. I'm going to say it's going to fail the box office. Okay. I don't think the first Peter Rabbit, literally, James, I saw the trailer for Peter Rabbit, the first one, and I thought, oh, no, they're adapting those books. And then uh, I didn't hear anything more about it until it came out on Blu-ray, and I was like, oh, it, it already came out. <laughs> Here wow. It is. So the fact that it was that forgettable, also I don't think it made an impact to the box office. I think the sequel is going to be less so. Okay, I it's hope so. It's just going to not. It just needs to die. I think it will fail in both regards. It needs to die. It's like a rabbit that you've hit with your car and still alive and squealing. It's like, shut up already, and you just got to kill it again. Except instead of squealing, it's it's talking in short little British quips. British. <laughs> oh, there, don't kill me, please. Oh, this is I, I'm James Corden. Oh, you're kind of a big man uh, looking over there. Oh, my goodness, you're so... See, look at your hands. Your thumbs James, are so big. James, you're sounding like Taika Waititi, which is a far better accent and a far true. better person. That's true. I was going for... If Taika Waititi played more of a, a Peter Rabbit. Kind of vibe. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so Rapid Fire Thoughts. Uh, Trolls World Tour is going to fail, I think, in both regards. Again, I'm taking risks here, but I, I want to be right in some of these. Um, I just... Trolls World Tour is a kidified version of Infinity War. They want to collect the six <laughs> Infinity... St- I'm sorry, the six strings. And after that, I just forget all the other <laughs> plot beats. They're not important. There's stupid side characters that they add just for cash grabs, like Glitter, Hip Hop Troll, or whatever. The funny lol of... Oh, here's a glitter. Here's like a cutesy guy that has like a deep voice or a rapper voice or whatever. Some talent that's unexpected because of his looks. Anyway, I don't care to see it. I don't think a lot of people will either. I think the audience that grew up with trolls will grow up enough to say, nope, not World Tour. Venom 2, I have no reason to see it. Even if Carnage is going to be in it because there was a post-credit scene in Venom that implied he would. E. Harrelson. I I mean, I might see. Yeah, Woody Harrelson. I might see Venom 2 if there's enough hype and if you guys want to see an episode about it, but there's no reason for me to. Um, West Side Story, same boat as James. Oh, I'm sorry. Venom 2 is going to... I'm going to say it will pass Story and probably pass at the box office. Because <clears throat> there's enough of a fandom out there that elevated the first Venom so high. I don't think Venom 2 will ever reach the box office lengths that the first one did, but <laughs> I think it will just be mediocre west side story i don't care to see it and frankly steve spielberg has been doing a lot more disappointing things lately like what um i feel like he's been playing it safe he's done like the bfg that live action cg thing i saw it it was very mediocre yeah it was okay um i i just spielberg doesn't really direct anymore and when he does i just feel like he's playing it too safe you know it's like spielberg gosh dang it make original stuff dude E.T., it's some stuff, man. I think West Side Story will be perfectly mediocre. And the box office, probably not so good. Daniel, I, I cannot w- wait to listen to this recording again. 
<laughs> at the end of 2020. There you go. That would be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. And then Uncharted, it's a video game movie, which means there's hype, like you said, but it also means there's a legacy, a long, glorious legacy of failures. Mm. And so I think it will fail at the box office, and I think it will pass for a story. I think you're right. I think it will be very formulaic. As for Peter Rabbit, which we just discussed, yes, <laughs> let it burn. Just fail in both ways, and we will never talk about it again, hopefully. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm i really salty. It's still, I can't, I have not gotten over Playmobil the movie. It's going to be a while before I do, before <laughs> I'm ready to see another crappy animated film again. Just, I'd rather leave that between me and my therapist. Uh, but as I'm reading down the list, I'm getting the feeling that maybe... There will be so, another. what do you think of Soul, James? <laughs> Pixar's <laughs> way to shift Pixar's, gears. Pixar's second movie. Now, uh, I did not, I did not put the plot down for this, but it's something to the effect of Jamie Foxx voices this um, jazz this, pianist. Um, there's this uh, m- a middle school teacher, I think, yeah. or a musician. Yep. He um, has big dreams, but he gets into an accident, and his soul is trying to apparently there's some system where you if you die or if there's an accident then you go to get into the body of a newborn baby and as he's on his journey he meets a soul voiced by Tina Fey I didn't know she was still acting <laughs> um but <laughs> I'm just saying but uh she's been wandering around for years kind of like maybe actual Tina Fey in Hollywood oh. <laughs> oh. oh sorry Tina Tina if you're listening to this I think you know you're not bad Tina okay you've moved on to bad. bigger things than acting Good yes. for you. Yes, good for you. Sorry. my mm, I was just too salty there. <laughs> I think Soul, I think it will triumph with story. I think. That's a, not as confident. Yeah. But then again, I don't know much about this movie. Yeah. So I'm going to take a risk and say it will triumph with story. I think it's going to pass to the box office. Okay. This is not as shiny as you put it. It's not as like, ooh, it's funny, it's goofy. But it's Pixar. So I think that'll be enough to draw people in. Yeah. At the same time, though, I I don't know. This seems to be more of a risky approach, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just, who knows? Yeah. James, what do you think about Soul? I like I like what you said. Um, I like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's going to, it's Pete Doctor, right? Pete Doctor's I think got so. his hands all over it. Okay. Then I think it's going to do, I think it's going to triumph in story and also pass in box office. I was thinking a double pass at first, uh, just because I haven't seen enough of this world and what like the soul realm is going to yeah. look like. It just looked kind of vacant. Right. But also that clearly means that they're still working very hard to get everything rendered and processed. Uh, hmm. Clearly Pixar is working double overtime right now and they have all their, their gears focused on, Onward right now, since that's coming sooner. Yes. Now, Soul is coming in the fall of 2020, right? Something I like don't, that? I, I think so. It makes sense. Okay. If Onward's coming out in early 2020, okay. then Soul Maybe? would come out later. Yeah. Pixar would not want to trample over themselves with marketing, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, and fortunately, they have a nice deal with Disney, where they won't trample on, you know, any of their Marvel or other animated yeah. films. So that's a nice deal yeah. for, for Pixar. Um, Who knows? Yeah, I think I love uh, I love whenever Pixar goes off, well, they always go off the beaten path, but whenever they just think about things that people don't normally think about, like, let's make a movie out of this ridiculous thing, 
Yeah. Uh, they do a good job with, with things like that. Um, so yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of soul, this movie doesn't have one. Uh, Minions 2, <laughs> The Rise of Gru, which is a sequel to the abomination known as Minions, which came out in 2015. <laughs> Minions 2 is coming out in 2020, which is celebrating the 10-year anniversary of Illumination's heinous reign as the Satan equivalent to animation. And uh, with their decent movie, Despicable Me. It's a shame that it all had to go downhill from there. Minions 2, from best as I've been able to surmise, is about them meeting with Gru. Because, spoiler alert, at the end of their standalone movie, um, they met Gru. So is really, the only Gru? logical place to I never saw go, the, f- the movie. Do we mean like baby Gru or what? Yes, there Gru was in there. He was a kid. He was in his tweens. Oh, okay. Um, he was in there though. At the very end, don't guys don't see minions if you haven't. I anyway, <laughs> I've been hurt too much. <laughs> um, minions two is gonna fail at the at the story department. Yep. And I think yep. it will triumph at the box office. Yeah. yeah. Illumination is no doubt saving up their money right now to start destroying any and all marketing venues. I will give Illumination this. I have never forgotten when their movie comes out because I see it all the dang time. When's Pets 2 coming out? It already came out. Oh. How's it doing? Is it dying? Uh, you know what? Actually, I don't think Pets 2 did that good. Good. Oh, there is a silver lining. There's Maybe it won't be tried. But guys, I want to be proven wrong. I don't want Minions 2 to succeed. I, but it, 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 it will succeed to some degree. I just don't want it to. I want it to be like Playmobil the movie. That kind of raw justice does not happen enough in Hollywood. And I would like to see it happen. So I can rest and look over a grateful universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. James, do you have anything to add to this fetus? Um, maybe not the fetus, uh, but to the conversation, <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's going to fail its story and pass. No. See? It's the same. It's, it's the minions. Yeah. It's going to triumph at the box office. And I think there's going to be a bunch of cute gags of Gru being a little kid. And it's going to be a voice-modulated Steve Carell going, yeah. Mama, Mama, I made this rocket out of macaroni. <laughs> yeah, more lols at his really terrible parenting situation. Yep. Yeah, also, Despicable Me 4 is coming out uh, in the next year or so. Oh, no, please, so no, please. It'll be interesting to see how they cram please more merch. Stop, I'm no, sorry, uh, please. develop his character more. <sighs> okay, final. Uh, wow, we're already here, James. This is it. This is our final movie of this year we're going to be talking about. And it was a movie I referenced in our Playmobil the Movie episode. Uh-huh. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Uh, and let me tell you the talent behind this, James. We have... Our friend Blaze Hemingway, one of the writers from from uh, from Playmobil, along with Walt Becker, who directed such fan, such fantastic things as Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Road Chip, 
Okay, a road which trip. Which I believe was the one that came out against Force yes, Awakens. Yes, I was about to say it was the heavy hitter that competed against Ray and Finn <laughs> and Poe Dameron. Uh, I will say this. That is an example of a confident movie, but it's also foolish. Brave, but foolish. So you might be asking us, is this going to be an animated movie kind of like Scoob? And the answer is probably not, given the impeccable talent that's behind (laughs) this film. No! It's going to probably be a live-action filmed CG main character movie. And let me tell you what, I'm going to say it, it's going to fail in both regards. Clifford the Big Red Dog is a great children's book series. I grew up with him. But guess what? As you can tell by the tone of my voice, I got zip in the Department of Nostalgia for this bad boy. I don't think anyone is going to watch this. Dude, now I'm I there. could eat my own words. Pork Shop is and my favorite dog in the world. You don't even know who that is, Daniel. No. You don't. It's the yellow bulldog character. Hmm. He'll probably make an appearance as like some kind of like lol side character, you know, where he just no, he's going to be the guy who's like, oh, buddy, why the long face? He's going to be like yeah. the encouraging friend that's also Smart really talking. Uh, yeah. vulgar. Tough love. Yeah. He's going to like fart okay. a lot. Well, guys, thank you for walking with us through this episode. It's a wild ride, you know. We've got a lot of uh, got a lot of movies that range anywhere from really good hits, things we want to see, to yep. mediocre cream of the crop, all the way down to the worst abominations of desecrations. Yeah. But... You guys, we did it. We did it. We're here. Thank you so much for listening. And we're excited to jump into this new year with you, the 2020 season, really. Um, and we are starting up Itch to Pitches and fan Q&A starting with our next episode. James, would you like to tell them where they can submit? Yeah. Um, so you can check out our descriptions. Um, the description for each of these podcast episodes uh, have them there. But you can find us at Casually Critical Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook, and you can also email us at casuallycriticalpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like Daniel said at the beginning of this episode, if you want us want to hear thoughts and predictions about other films, uh, shoot us a Q&A. You can do that if you have any other questions about, I don't know, other things, like oh, yeah. what would happen if Daniel directed Peter Rabbit 2? Some fun <laughs> hypotheticals like that. We love to explore that. Um yeah. So, yeah, uh, we'd love to hear yeah. from you. And uh, our next episode, actually, uh, next week, you'll be hearing from us talking about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Guys, it's finally here. The movie, of course, you are long used to, but you've heard a lot about it. We're here to talk about it, so come listen to us. And uh, we've got a lot of fun thoughts. And if the reason I bring that up is one of our fans gave us a question talking about, hey, what are your thoughts about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? And so we already answered that. So, guys, you're part of the reason we do this. We love uh, not just talking about movies, though that is a plus. We love getting to know your thoughts. Uh, James and I have, over the course of a few weeks, uh, gotten to interact with some of you guys that are friends of ours, too, but have also listened to our podcast. And the encouragement you guys have given us is nothing short of meaningful. So, Thank you so much for being willing to tune in and listen to our voices as we discuss, analyze, and occasionally rice crispy over the nuances and fun little things that make storytelling so fun. So, guys, all that just to say, I'm Daniel, and this is James, and you've been listening to our podcast, Casually Critical.
Enjoy the new year. (laughs) 